And now, Father, pour out your Spirit upon us. May your word be spoken this morning, and by your Spirit, may your word alone be received. We ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Do you ever meet folks, uh, I don't know, maybe some of us here this morning, people who see life uh, sort of like living on a raft? You know, rafts, they just float along. They kind of go wherever the currents are going. Some folks see life that way. Uh, I think psychologists have a name for it. They call it passivity. That life just sort of happens to you, you know, and you need to roll with the punches, go with the flow. It's best just to go along and get along. I confess I lived that way once earlier in my life. (laughs) I've applied to one college. (laughs) And I got in to that one college, and that's where I went. And then after two years in college, I met the one uh, with whom till death do us part. I met Becky, and I was just, there was no choice there. She was it. That was it. And then in my first year of law school, I got an A in a contracts course, and the professor took me under his wing, said to put his name on my resume, and that set my law career for the next 17 years. Drift along. Although I must say, to Becky's fairness, I did make a choice. It's just that, you know, in reality, there was no choice. <laughs> she, she was the one. Okay, so Matthew, our tax collector, seems to have been living his life on the raft. Matthew is a Jew. He's one of God's people. He's been a go-with-the-flow kind of a guy, go-with-the-cultural-current-of-the-day, which in his day, in Israel, is Roman culture. The Romans have occupied Israel. The flowing current around him is Roman Roman government, Roman rule, Roman taxes. And uh, I guess Matthew got the saying wrong a little bit. His saying is, if Rome is here, then do as the Romans do. Go along, get along. I think he figured going with the flow was better than drowning in the current. In fact, he becomes a tax collector, working for the oppressors of God's people. Okay, so for others in life, uh, life is no raft, it's more like a rowboat. And the key difference being that you can use a rowboat to get somewhere. You can head for a goal. Rowboaters, they see life as uh, something with a goal. In spiritual terms, it has a meaning, it has a, a purpose, right? You need to work hard toward the goal, row the boat. There are currents out there. They're not going to take you where you want to go. And so rowboaters rode hard. They see passivity. And where it gets you, would get you in trouble like Matthew and the sinners, the tax collectors. And not me, they say. We're going to row the boat. We can beat the currents. And I'm talking, obviously, about the Pharisees. The Pharisees lived their lives in a rowboat. They liked a life with a goal. They knew what the goal was. It was to live a righteous life, live according to the law, earn God's favor by keeping the law. And to get to the goal, you need to row hard. You need to try hard, work hard, keep all the law all the time. Fight the current. Now, rowboat people often have a problem. You can see it here in the gospel. They know they're working hard. They know they're rowing hard. They're keeping all the rules. And so they come out without much appreciation for the rafters, for those that are not rowing hard, 
they don't have much compassion, not much mercy. And so when the Pharisees see Jesus going to this banquet at Matthew's, well, with Matthew and the rafters, the get-along crowd, the, the sinners, they're angry, they're upset. Why does your teacher hang around with that crowd? They're evil. Doesn't he know who they are? They don't even try to keep the law. You know what they're thinking? Because <laughs> we see it elsewhere in the gospel. What they're thinking is, thank God I'm not like those people. Those bad, they're bad people, and Jesus is doing a bad thing hanging out with them. Your teacher is not godly. The remarkable thing about Jesus Christ is that he doesn't side with either group. Yes, he does hang out with the sinners, the tax collectors, the bad people. He hangs out with them. He hangs out with the likes of us. But he doesn't go there to condone. He doesn't go there to bless what we sinners have drifted into. He draws near to save them. Look what he says. As a doctor is called to save the sick, so am I called to save sinners. That's not a word of affirmation. It's a promise, a promise of transformation. Came to save sinners. He calls Matthew not to keep collecting taxes, but to come and follow me. He called the woman caught in adultery. He said, no, I don't condemn you, but go and leave your life of sin. He comes to sinners to reveal that we are sinners, that we've drifted our, on our wrath into sin. He calls us to repent, to turn away from that, to follow him. He calls us to a holy and righteous life. But he doesn't side with the Pharisees either. The rowboaters, the ones striving to keep the law, the ones who think they're saved by obedience, he says to them, Go figure out what God means when he says to you, I desire mercy, not your sacrifices. He's saying to them, in effect, I think he's got a smile on his face. He says, you know what? These sinners, they know what their problem is. They know they need a doctor, and I'm here to save them. But you rowboaters, you who think you can work your way into heaven, you can row to the goal by keeping all the rules, figure out what God was saying when he said to you, I don't want your sacrifices. I don't want your crossing all the T's and dotting all the I's and your obedience to the law. That's not what I want. I want mercy. God said it over and over again to his people in the, through the prophets and the psalmist. I gave you the goal. I gave you the highest commandment. Love. Love me with your whole mind, heart, soul, and strength. Love your neighbor as yourself. Law-keeping, that's good. It's a holy life. But that's a byproduct of your relationship with me, of being filled with my love. Love me, love others with my love. In our reading from Hosea today, God complains to them that their love is fleeting. He says it's like dew. It evaporates. And what he wants is steadfast love, not sacrifice. Knowing me, he says, not burnt offerings. God gave the law as a way of blessed living, that we would keep the law out of love for him, 
We would sacrifice, give our lives out of love for him. We would be merciful and kind to our neighbors because we love them with the love that we've been given. Love was always the goal, but God said to them over and over to the Jews, you took my rules and said, let's do the rules and forget the love. Let's keep the rules. We can be in control. We can row our boat. We can try hard. We can follow the letter of the law, but forget about the love that was behind it. We can keep the rules and forget mercy. We can be angry with those sinners. Jesus says to them, God says to them over and over, I don't want your sacrifice. Your efforts to keep the law are futile. I want your love. And so Jesus says to the Pharisees and to all of us who like to row boats, figure out what God means when he says, I don't want that. I don't want your sacrifices. I want you to love as I have loved you. Okay, bottom line this morning, life lived on a raft is not Jesus' way. It's not God's way. Going with the flow is not what he has in mind. There is a goal out there that out of love, you and I would lead righteous, God-like, Christ-like lives of love and holiness, and we can't get there on a raft. Here's your button phrase, your bumper sticker for the morning. You can't drift into the kingdom of God. (laughs) But you can't get there rowing a boat either. The harder you row, the further away you get. There is a goal. There is a far shore. Holiness and righteousness, and you can't get there on your own strength. And Paul says it here in the epistle this morning. The law brings wrath. That's not sometimes. The law brings wrath. You want to try to keep all the law? He writes this throughout the book of Romans. You're going to fail. And when you try harder, you're just negating God's grace and his mercy. The harder you try, the further away you get. Rowboating and rafting don't work in life. They don't work in the Christian life. But there is a picture of life that works, the right boat, if you will, if you can follow the metaphor this morning, you know what it is? It's a sailboat. The life that works is a sailboat. There is a goal. There is a a far shore that God calls us to of godliness and peace and blessed living and joy and love and grace and mercy in this life and in the next. The raft won't float there. The current's running the other way, and you can't row there because the harder you try by your own efforts, the further away you get. But there's a wind a-blowing. The wind of the Spirit. The wind of God's Holy Spirit that blows only one direction to him, to the far shore. God's wind, God's way, and a wind that's able to carry us all the way to where he wants us to be, to the kingdom of God and to holy and blessed living. We can't be passive as Christians. We can't drift, and we can't row our way to holiness, but we can hoist a sail. It takes only two things, being submitted to Jesus Christ and open to the work of the Spirit in our lives. 
we need to unfurl the sails. So the only question I have for you this morning is what, boats, what boat are you on? Are you on the rowboat or are you on the raft? Here's the point. Jesus Christ will climb on board on either one of those. He doesn't care. What you're on, he will climb on board with you. Raft or rowboat. That's the first step. Let the captain on board. Right? Let the captain on board. He will only board your ship, raft, or rowboat with your permission. But he will only get on board as the captain. And he climbs on board, and he'll convert your ship, my ship, to a sailboat if we'll let him. He'll give us a passion for that better life, that far shore life of love and holiness. He'll teach us how to hoist the sail, how to keep it up, how to catch the wind. He'll put your hand on the tiller and then put his hand over it and guide you so the wind is always in your sails, filling your sails, and we will find ourselves drawing nearer and nearer to the Christ-like life of love and mercy and holiness that he has for us. Pray with me, please. Lord God, I thank you. Thank you for your patience, Lord, that you don't give us, you don't set us adrift in this life and you don't expect us to be able to row to holiness. Thank you, Lord, for your spirit. Keep us, Lord, submitted to you and open to what you want to do in and through us. We ask in Christ's name. Amen. Amen.